0: Good morning. Good morning. We're going to be making waves here in just a couple weeks. VBS starts August 8th, and we are still looking for volunteers to help. We are looking for donations. The sign-up sheets are on the back, and come and surf with us and make waves. OK. <laughs> so we're so glad that you're all here Whether well, you're visiting us, or you're online, or you're in person. Welcome. Um, We just have a couple of announcements. Um, We are forming a visitation team and we have training on Monday. So if you are interested or want to find out more about the visitation ministry that we're starting here, please talk to me. Um, Pictures, so there is picture sign up for the new pictorial directory. It's not scary. Bob is going to be taking our pictures. 15 minutes, I promise you, you'll be in and out. Um, We want everybody to be in the new directory. So it's been a long time since we had that. Um, Sign-up sheets are on the table. They are also going online. They're going live later this week. So if you haven't signed up yet, most of them are in August, they're today. Um, Please make sure that you either sign up on the table in the back or go online uh, to sign up for those. And that's it. So, may the peace and joy of Christ be with you today and always
1: good morning everyone and good morning to everyone online some of you recognize this face it's Hi. Tom's daughter, Ronnie, so we have a real treat having her with us this morning. Uh, the message for today deals with loss and grief and where is God in all of that. And one of the beautiful things about the Psalms is that they reveal the nature of a broken heart and a wounded spirit, but remind us that god is with us through it all and he's greater than anything we can walk through so i invite you to stand for our two songs this morning what a friend we have in jesus and here with me
2: Amen and amen. Good morning, church. Good morning. It is always a joy to be in God's house and it is always a joy to be connected with church family whether you are with us online and if you are here with us as well. It is a joy to experience that connection. You know that for these past few weeks we've been walking together through a sermon series called Blessed to Me. And today we get to one of the more challenging chapters of that series which is called The Struggling Times. We're talking about loss, we're talking about illness, we're talking about grief and how blessing can be a part of those experiences. That is a challenging walk and a challenging subject. So we are leaning into God as God takes us to that place, but even thinking about some of those struggles we may have faced, we know we serve a God who we worship. We know we serve a God who is good, amen? Amen. And so let us open our hearts, give our best to God as we continue in our worship time with our call to worship. Praise the Lord who has shown us the wonders of his unfailing love and who, for the sake of his name, leads us and guides us. You are our God and our lives are in your hands. Amen.
0: So often we're tempted to always look for the return on our investment, on our generosity. And sometimes that's worthwhile because we need to be good stewards of God's gifts. But sometimes that generosity is about what God is doing in us instead of what we're doing through our gifts. So we're now entering that moment in our service where we are challenged once again to believe the promise of Jesus. We hear it in Acts 20:35, and Jesus said, "It's more blessed to give than receive."
3: That life will long be silent one day. story. When we'll see your glory, every knee falls down before thee, every tongue offers you praise.
4: Thank you.
0: God our creator our redeemer our sustainer we thank you for the blessings that have come into our lives we thank you for the friends and the time to be together and the music everything that we have and everything we are comes from you and at this time we thank you and give back to you help us to do your work in this world in your name we pray amen you may be seated So we come to a time of sharing joys and concerns. Does anybody have any joys or concerns that they would like to lift up today? Angela. So, pray for healing for Angela, but also celebration. So, Abby's getting ready to go down to New York City. She leaves on the 13th for the eight weeks, but this week she's traveling down to meet the doctors and get off the machine. So, Abby, the youth that has cancer, um, is going to be traveling to New York City um, and her. Her procedures, her radiation starts on the 13th, so make sure that we keep Abby and her family um, in their prayers. Just we praise God that Dad's heart surgery went really well in his home, and we're just very grateful God is good. So Walt did fantastic, and keep healing prayers. My brother was sick, but uh, he has recovered well. Okay, so recovery. All right.
4: Congratulations.
0: Congratulations. Did you have one that you wanted to say?
5: You told me you. Yeah, I'm
0: going to home tomorrow. You're going home tomorrow. Did you have another one that you said? Okay, so that you're going home <laughs> tomorrow. Okay. Oh, you have what? mom and dad have their the anniversary and grandma's And okay. yes, so congratulations. <laughs> and Tom and Sarah also have one later this week 38, right? So we have lots of celebrations. please join your hearts with mine in prayer heavenly father we lift up those today who still need your care who still need your touch in their lives but we thank you for the celebrations of friends and family of anniversaries and travel we thank you that your spirit moves in our lives within us God There are still people in our world suffering that need your touch. Help us to go out and be the light to those people. Help us to show kindness. Help us to show caring and compassion. Help us to be their light. God, we thank you for the joys and the celebrations of each and every day. In your name we pray. Amen.
5: Our first scripture this morning is from Psalm chapter 31, verses 1 through 5. In you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. Turn your ear to me. Come quickly to my rescue. Be my rock of refuge a strong fortress to save me. Since you are my rock and my fortress, for the sake of your name, lead and guide me. Keep me free from the trap that is set for me, for you are my refuge. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Deliver me, Lord, my faithful God. Our second reading is from 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 1 through 12 Therefore since through God's mercy we have this ministry we do not lose heart rather we have renounced secret and shameful ways we do not use deception nor do we distort the word of God on the contrary By setting forth the truth, plainly we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord, and ourselves as your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God.
2: Friends, would you join me for a word of prayer, please? Loving and gracious God, we are indeed thankful. Thankful for your presence here among us now and as you move Gently yet powerfully among all your people, touch each of us. Give us what you know we need because our hearts are open as we have sung and praised you this morning. Plant a seed in us that you know will grow and bear fruit for the honor and the glory of your name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Life is a marathon, not a sprint life is a marathon not a sprint anybody ever heard that when someone says that to you what does it conjure up in your brain what what's the lesson do you think when people say that i'm really asking what do you think the lesson is when people say it say again Big duration. Long say. duration. <laughs> prepare for the long haul long duration okay anyone else that's not wrong by the way i just want to see if there's others <laughs> There's gonna be ups and downs, okay? Anyone else? Slow it down so, that you, can make it. Slow it down so you can make it, okay? Angela? You'll always, be growing and always growing and evolving, okay? Anyone else? You're gonna get tired. You're gonna get, <laughs> <laughs> get tired. See, y'all don't even need me, so I'll just pack it on Gone. <laughs> so, but all of that is real wisdom. All of that is real wisdom. And like we said, we've heard that phrase a lot, right? That life is a marathon and not a sprint. And people usually say that for the very reasons that we're talking about. But I wanted to bring that up today because, as you heard me say, we're talking about a really challenging thing today. Talking about struggling times. Times when life is really, really hard. And when we talk about Seasons in our lives that are hard. This laying down the idea of a marathon next to it might be helpful for us. Because when we talk about marathons, we kind of get these things. That it's going to take a while. That you're going to get tired. That there's going to be ups and downs. We can see that. But we know it. Like, we can process it intellectually, we, can, we get it, but when a season of difficulty hits our lives, that wisdom kind of fades, and there's a reason for that, and we'll talk about that some more, but as we keep taking this challenging subject, this idea of seasons of loss, seasons of illness, seasons of grief, and use that to say, well, how do we find blessing in these? Because this idea of blessing, especially during a difficult season, is one that everybody struggles with. Now, some of us may have walked with God a little longer, some of us may have different experiences and we may understand it a certain way, but everybody, I'm willing to bet without exception, struggles with this idea of finding blessing in a seizing of grief. Now, so let's go back to this marathon thing for a second. I'm just curious, anybody ever run a marathon? Anybody ever do it? All right, so we got one person who's run a marathon. Now, marathons are hard, <laughs> right? <laughs> By definition, marathons are hard, right Jim? <laughs> marathons are hard, <laughs> marathons are hard. And now, for those of you who don't have the context, the idea of a marathon comes from the city of Marathon, which was a city in Greece, and a messenger ran from the city of Marathon to Athens when the Persians attacked the city of Marathon. The distance from Marathon to Athens was 26.2 miles, hence the idea of a marathon. That's where it is born, okay? What people often leave out of telling that story is when the messenger, whose name was Pheidippides, When he got to Athens, he died. (laughs) They often leave that piece out of the story, right? (laughs) Now, see, there's a reason why a lot of us don't run (laughs) marathons. Now, that being said, though, the thing about it is marathons are physically challenging. That's why most people choose to run them, because they are so physically challenging. And the idea of being able to complete one talks about your physical fitness and your mental fitness, et cetera, and that's why so many people like the idea of running a marathon. People train intensely to be able to run them. As we've learned more about the science of it, we've gotten even worse. We have these things called ultra-marathons, and now people run marathons day after day after day, (laughs) things of this sort of thing. I was watching this one thing on YouTube about training for marathons as I was studying for the message here. There was a guy on there, who'd actually run, and it's still hard for me to get my head around this, 170 marathons. (laughs) Wow, that's impressive, right? You know, see, I have this running joke with my wife. I say, I don't even like driving 26 miles. (laughs) So the idea of running 26 miles, it seems like beyond comprehension. But here's the thing. As I said, we have learned more and more about what this takes to do well and it is really demanding on the human body now part of the miracle of the way God put us together is that we can do it right because our bodies are built a certain way the you know because we stand upright because we have this built-in natural shock absorber in the way our legs work between our knees and our feet all different kinds of things that we've discovered that make it possible for us to do this right and so it's possible (laughs) It's hard now, why do I spend so much time on that? Because if you know something is hard and you know something is going to be a struggle, and you know something is going to demand an awful lot of you, and you know there's going to be ups and downs, and you know that you're going to be tired, and you know that you're going to evolve and you're going to grow. if you know those things. You go into it with a certain understanding, expectation, and you prepare. So let's get back to what we were saying before. I'm willing to bet that there's no one sitting here today for whom the idea that a season of difficulty in life is new information. But I'm willing to bet that most of us, if we have gone through life, probably got the message pretty early on that there are gonna be seasons of hard. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure most of us got that, and we got that pretty soon on the journey. And yet, when those seasons come, they seem to still kind of turn us into this place where we act like, well, wait a minute. (laughs) Like there's this surprise element to them, not necessarily the circumstance might be a surprise, like you might not have expected a certain diagnosis, you might not have expected the loss of a loved one. I get that. But the idea that seasons of difficulty come in life being a surprise is something different than that, you follow? (laughs) And that's why when we as people who claim and follow Jesus hit these moments, this is where we really have to do some unpacking about what it is we claim, what it is we believe. And that, friends, is one of the reasons why we visit this question of blessing during such a season. Now let's remember a couple of things we've talked about. Now, one of the things we've talked about over the course of this series is what blessings are. The the pop culture would tell you that a blessing is sort of like a present for doing well, right? It's kind of like a prize. You behave yourself, God throws you a solid. (laughs) That is not what a blessing is. Now, does God reward people? Yes, okay. But we understand blessing to be much more than just simply a prize. That it's a manifestation of God's love in your life. It's something God does to show you that God is with you, that God loves you. And that's much bigger than a little carnival prize. Secondly, that blessings are not just material. We tend to lock in on material things as blessings. And that's part of what happens in pop culture and in bad church culture. Because we tend to think that it's all about how many toys you get. But we've said, that's not how this works. That's not how this works. The other thing we want to talk about is remembering what blessings are and how blessings work gets us to where we need to spend a little more time. Because when we opened the series, we talked about the idea of just because something bad happens doesn't mean there's no blessings happening. And that's where we're really going to focus today. Because we get kind of confused around this idea. And there's a reason for that. Because when something bad is happening, we tend to go, well, wait a minute. What happened, God? And that's because we bought into some wrong thinking. Because we have started to get to this, we kind of fall into this trap of saying, well, if God loves me and I'm doing all right, then I shouldn't have any problems. Somehow that message still seems to follow us, even though we know that's really not how it works. (laughs) But that message still seems to stay with us. So the minute we get a problem, we're like, well, wait a minute, God, you done messed up. Notice we put it on him right (laughs) Because I'm fine. You must be falling asleep at the wheel. And we know that's not how it works, yet that's still what we do. So then how do we fix that? That's where we need to sit. So how do we fix that? I want to go back to this marathon idea. Because if you've ever run anywhere, you know how hard it can be, okay? I used to run regularly for exercise. Can't do that anymore. Age and a bad knee have kind of taken that piece away from me. But the thing about running, especially running for a marathon, as you notice if you've seen people run a marathon, and if you've seen them run any sort of distance race of any kind, one of the things that happens is you'll see runners doing their thing, but along the way, there will be people who will be handing them cups of water, right? Everybody know what I'm getting at? You'll see them run by and sometimes they'll snatch it, they'll drink it, sometimes they'll just pour it on their head because they're overheating and those sorts of things. And what we need to know about that is hydration And fuel is extremely important during a marathon. The science of marathons tells us that you should really hydrate roughly 15 to 20 every 15 to 20 minutes because of the way our bodies work. Because if you don't do that regularly I'm willing to bet some of us also have probably seen those images of runners that have pushed too hard where they start to struggle they start to cramp up That they're trying to keep going but their bodies physically just can't. (laughs) They physically can't. And that's the science of it. Okay, That their bodies physically can't. Sometimes they hallucinate. (laughs) All kinds of things can be happening. The reason why I want us to get that is if life is a marathon and not a sprint, the thing you might want to check on is how well are you taking care of yourself as you keep putting one foot in front of the other. Because if you're not taking care of yourself as you continue to run the race, we see what happens, right? And when a season of difficulty hits, it becomes even more important. So if, as I said, you ever run anywhere, and you started to feel what that feels like. Your legs start to burn. You're having a hard time breathing. You might be starting to feel a little headache, and you're still trying to push on through. This is hard. But thank goodness someone was there with that cup of water that makes it possible for you to keep going. Friends, that's where we need to take our heads around this idea of how we find blessing in seasons of difficulty. Because if you've experienced grief, if you've experienced physical illness, if you've experienced loss, there were probably times during those seasons where someone in some kind of way reached out to you to offer you some metaphorical cup of water during the season while you were still trying to put one foot in front of the other. So if it was a season of grief and that thing we tend to do which is to prepare meals and take them over people's houses because people don't even think to eat much less cook. Right, The thing of calling and checking on people, just giving them safe space that says, you know, how are you doing today? Without judging, just opening a door that says, how is it with you today? The thing that we do if someone's in the hospital, whether they're aware that you're there or not, to simply just be present so that they're not alone. Those prayers that go up that you're aware of and the ones that you're not. We don't often count that. Sometimes we miss that. And there's reasons for it. Now, I want you to follow with me. I wanted to bet I'm not the only person in the world who has probably banged their foot on a table unexpectedly. Right? It happens more often than I would like. (laughs) But I want you to stay with me here. So you get up, you're doing your thing, whatever that thing may be. You're just making your way through the house or what have you, and then... "Mm." (laughs) And you know that it's a lot louder and probably a lot less church friendly. (laughs) Right? (laughs) But when you do it, when you're in that moment, however long it lasts, You know how your whole brain just shuts off everything but the explosion of pain that you're experiencing, right? So if the phone is ringing, if you got something on the stove, if the dog is barking, if you got something in your arms, you don't care about any of that anymore, (laughs) right? All you can see is that flash of light and then whatever comes flying out of your mouth and your whole brain just blows off your head, right? Because whatever you're dealing with is just right here. You can't do anything else. Now, believe me, friends, I am not comparing the idea of banging your foot on a table to losing a loved one or being in the hospital or anything like that. But in many ways, the phenomenon is kind of similar. Because when that thing hits, all that's happening is your brain just has this in front of it right here. (laughs) And you can't process anything else. And even if friends are trying to be nice to you and they're offering those words of kindness, people are doing those things, you're just so in this moment. And the pain is just so big. However long it takes for you to make your way out of that morass. But it's right there. And the thing is, is that you may not even be aware of the ways in which people are still holding out those cups for you. You may not even be aware of the fact until you get through it that you may have had three, four, ten, twenty of those cups before you're even conscious that you had them. You just know that you're a lot further down the road than you were. And that's where we need to remember that blessing is still possible. Blessing is still with us even during hard seasons. Because we get so caught up in the idea that the season is hard that we miss the fact that God is with us in the season. We get caught up in the question of, well, God, why is this happening to me? And it's perfectly natural to ask that question. And it's okay to ask that question. God can handle that. Okay, so if you want to cry out and if you want to wrestle and if you need to just let that off your chest, have that conversation with God. Trust me, God can take it. Now, you might not like what God has to say. God might not answer you. But it's okay for you to ask. And it's okay to work on it. But the challenge for us Is that if we're so worried about that, we kind of missed all the cups. And we're mad at God because we got the problem in the first place. And God was saying, see, what we've missed is God's promise is not there will not be storms. God's promise is I will be with you. Check that. We keep bringing the idea that says there shouldn't be any storms. And God's promise is, I will be with you in the storm, not that there will not be storms. And if you start from the wrong place, you see why you have the struggle. Does that make sense? (laughs) Right? And if that's where your energy is going, being mad at God because the storm exists, instead of realizing that God is standing there with an umbrella, then you fundamentally misunderstood. And that's where this idea of the blessing in the midst of our seasons of difficulty gets twisted. So I want to visit this with a little bit of what Paul had to say. You heard Sandy read two passages today, and the one comes from 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians is an interesting letter. Now, it's interesting in the sense of its context because people don't really doubt that the Apostle Paul wrote it. Paul had an interesting relationship with the church in Corinth, that there was a whole lot of drama going on there, okay? And he wrote multiple letters to them, two of which have made it into the Bible. Now, this one is offered to them because of a situation that's happening. Now, after Paul is not there, what happens is some other people show up. And they start to question Paul's authority. They start to question Paul as an apostle. And they start to question some of what Paul has taught. And the people in the church in Corinth, some of them are like, well, what are we supposed to do about this? And some of them have also said, you know, we like these guys better. And Paul writes this letter to the church that says, we got to deal with this. Okay, so that's the broader context. Now, we're in the middle of a section of it where Paul is saying, essentially laying down his credibility. Right? Saying, look. This is who I am, and this is what I've been trying to do. Now, I want to read a couple pieces of this and highlight them in relationship to what we've been talking about. We're going to start at verse 3. We're going to read through verse 6. Start at verse 3, read through verse 6. So this is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 through 6. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are on the road to destruction, The God of this age has blinded the minds of those who don't have faith, so they couldn't see the light of the gospel that reveals Christ's glory. Christ is the image of God. We don't preach about ourselves. Instead, we preach about Jesus Christ as Lord, and we describe ourselves as your slaves for Jesus' sake. God said that light should shine out of the darkness. He is the same one who shone in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory in the face of Jesus Christ. So, where Paul is, is he's trying to get the church to understand, look, when we came to you and we were sharing the message with you, it was all about the idea of just showing you who Jesus is and how Jesus works in our lives. What God wants and how God is at work in you already. And what happens is some people just don't get that. Because of circumstances, because of the enemy, because of any number of reasons, they just don't see that. But we were never here to simply puff ourselves up. We were here to make sure we pointed the way to Jesus. Now, why read that today? We read that today because if we want to understand blessing in seasons of difficulty, one of our challenges is that the season of difficulty can keep us from seeing God at work in the ways in which people are taking care of us. So when those gestures of kindness come, when you have a strength that you can't name that makes you keep getting up and going back for the next test, when your hope won't fade away, Even though you are tired, you are angry, you've gotten cynical, and you have all kinds of bad things to say, still, there's a part of you that knows, I'm going to still keep going. And when we talk about the gospel being veiled, you see where we're getting at. Because sometimes when the pain is too big, when the struggle is too big, all of that makes it hard for us to see God in the moment. That doesn't mean God's not in the moment. It means it's hard for us to see God in the moment. Yet our brains are telling us that God isn't there. And see, that's the difference. We get so locked in where we're at. We think that God has stopped taking our calls or God is not on the job or what have you. And those things are simply not true. It's just where we are is keeping us from understanding how God is at work. God understands that. God gets that. But we need to get that. Because it's real easy for us to talk ourselves out of how our relationship with God works. And remember, that's an us problem, not a God problem. And if we choose to separate, and when we choose distance, when we choose to try and keep running this race without grabbing those cups as we pass them, why would we be surprised that we hit that place where our bodies stop working and we can't run anymore? We start breaking down. That's how we get caught, that's the risk. So we need to be aware of how blessing works in these moments. We need to be aware of how God works in these moments because it's easy for us to get distracted. It's easy for us to get lost. And when we do and we choose distance, we choose separation instead of reaching out and leaning in and taking what God is offering, which allows us to keep running the race in the best way. That's our struggle. We have to get back to that. And I wanna read you this second piece. So we're gonna read verses seven and eight. And what Paul tells the people is this but we have this treasure in clay pots so that the awesome power belongs to god and doesn't come from us we are experiencing all kinds of trouble but we aren't crushed we are confused but we aren't depressed we are harassed but we aren't abandoned we are knocked down but we aren't knocked out what paul is trying to get people to understand is that everything he was going through, the beatings, the arrests, the attacks, the repeated attacks on who he was and everything about his ministry, what Paul is telling everybody is, look, this is God at work in me. Okay? Y'all can do what you want to me, but God is not going to be stopped. And when he talks about this idea of jars of clay, what he's saying is we have this precious treasure, which is the Holy Spirit, God at work in us. But it's in jars of clay. The reason why it says that is because the pottery of the time was cheap. That when they put their stuff in jars and bottles, they would make it out of mud and put other stuff in it. But it was so fragile. It was easy to break. And that was the point, that it would often be cracked and people would be able to see in it and that sort of thing. Ah. So if you put the precious treasure in the jar of clay and if it's the light of Christ people will still see it. And that's how we need to start thinking. That's where we might need to change how we move through crisis. That's how we need to start seeing God at work and perhaps blessing in a season of difficulty. Because however the spirit of God manifests itself around you during those times, however God is reaching you, during those times, God is still at work. We may be blinded by the pain. We may be frustrated. We may be afraid. We may be having all of those feelings, but God gets that. But that doesn't mean God isn't with you. What we have to do is do the very best we can to keep our eyes open. We have to do the very best we can to make sure that we keep our ears open. We have to do the very best we can to make sure we keep our hearts open. So that as God is doing these things, that we don't miss out on them. Because we can't run this race without those cups. One final point. Actually two, sorry about that. (laughs) One final point. I said two now. (laughs) I said two. All right. First one (laughs) is that when we do this, when we know this is happening, I wanted to bet that most of us, as we said before, it is not news to us that seasons of difficulty happen. Think about that season of difficulty. Is that no matter how hard it was, or even if you're still in it, I'm willing to bet that it wasn't the finish line. I'm looking around the room, and since you're here, and I'm looking into that camera, and I'm going to trust that y'all are still with me, <laughs> that no matter what that season of difficulty was, you're through it. And just like that runner, and you hear about that mythological wall that runners hit when they run long distance and how they have to press through it in order to keep going, seasons of difficulty happen, but they are not your end. And if you trust that to be true and you trust God to be with you, then don't let the season overcome you that you are in. Because it's easy to do that. We'll talk ourselves into believing that this is just it. <laughs> that God is over, this is done. When in fact, you've been through bad seasons, and you came out of them. Or, let's just keep it clear, you were, that season may have changed some things about you, and you may have to deal with it. Like say it's a medical condition, something like that. That's true, that's real. But. You're still in the race. And you haven't crossed the finish line yet. And God is still with you. Last piece. If you know what that's like, if you have received those cups along your journey and you're still able to put one foot in front of the other, one of the things that Jesus has taught us One of the things that is perfectly clear in our lives as disciples is that we are not just meant to receive. And so if you know the benefit of having God work in God's life, work in your life, that underneath all those gestures of kindness you received during your season of difficulty, you could see and feel God's hand at work, then knowing what it did for you, make sure you listen for the Spirit, and you do it for those who are still running. In all the ways that you are capable, in all the ways that you are called, you don't just receive that nourishment. Be sure to provide it to someone else who you know needs it. Because there are times when you have to be the one who receives, but there are also times when you have to be the one who gives. That is how our God works. And if you've known the difference it made to have someone show up for you, be sure when the time comes around that you show up for someone else. That's what it means to be a part of the body. That's what it means to be a disciple. Love has to be real. And when we love like that, when we know what that feels like we can find blessings in our seasons and we're able to just keep going one foot in front of the other day after day until we reach the finish life's a marathon not a sprint amen and amen loving and gracious god we are so grateful Grateful for the ways in which you continue to show us kindness. The ways you continue to show us blessing even in our hard moments. Even in our hard seasons. Help us to receive that. Let your voice be clear. Let your voice ring true. Always break through those things that we have in front of us that keep us from seeing and hearing you clearly. Lord, we know that you are there. We know that your promise is that you would never leave or forsake us. We know that your heart doesn't change. That you make love real in the ways in which you show up. So Lord, even when we are blinded to it, even when our feelings cause us to close our hearts to it, we thank you for the grace that is you never giving up on us. Help us to always see you to see you in those seasons so that we can make it to the finish and see you there. Amen.
0: Creator of heaven and earth, you formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through the prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering death and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, The mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on those gathered here and on these gifts of the bread and cup. Make them be for us the blood and body of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever, amen. And now with the confidence of the children of God, let us pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, on earth, as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is kingdom, and the power, and the glory, for. Those who are helping serve, please come forward. Come and eat.
1: Our final song is called Made Me Glad, and I just wanna share the chorus with you. It says, you are my shield, my strength, my portion, deliverer, my shelter, strong tower, my very present help in time of need. I invite you to stand for the closing song.
2: burning, feels like you can't take one more step, and all of a sudden, you come around a corner, and there's someone with a cup. That's who our God is. So even in your difficult seasons, remember, you can find blessing. You can find blessing. Trust God to be God all the time, and never lose sight of you. Now, in the name of God, our Creator and King. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, in the name of the Holy Spirit, our Comforter and our Sustainer, may God bless us now as we leave to love and serve God and all God's children. Amen. Amen.